welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure. I just want to emphasize trash. <laughs> <laughs> A podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, rem- reviews, and I can tell you now at the outset, not a recommendation this week for whatever we read. Amy, what did we read this week? We read a book called Daring the Duke by Charlie Lane. Mm. And this was a recommendation from Teresa. Uh, I would never impugn her honour. Can I finish the sentence? You can, but I wanted to say impugn her honour. Okay, right. Because we've said this before on the podcast that we appreciate recommends that may be actually not books that you've enjoyed. Well, more to the point, we'll read what you want to hear us talk about. So if there's a book that you read and you thought, oh my goodness, the girls would absolutely hate this for all of the things they talk about on the podcast, this book would just be like... I'm inflicting it on them. Absolutely. We will read it. Send it to us and we like, send us your recommendation and we'll find the book and we will read it. So we read this. And what a journey reading this book was. Are you going to cover that in your narrative or do you want me to talk about it now? now? Let's do it now. So this book, Kimberly was like, we've got a recommendation from Teresa who says, I need you to read this book. And we looked. This book does not exist in Australia. It does not exist secondhand. It does not exist on any online retailer. Sorry, but we went so far. But we went so far as to then email. So then I emailed Teresa and I said, where? I can't I can't get a copy of this book. We like it, I it, can see it on Amazon, but it says it's not available in my region. DRM has locked it down from Australia. I went to the physical bookstore. I walked in and I said, "Hi. Does this they were like that book is we there's no way we can get you this book." Yeah. And so then <laughs> Therese said to me, "It's okay." So we were emailing backwards and forwards and she was like, "Don't worry. I like I want you to read this book. It's terrible." So she said, "I will gift you an Amazon copy of the book, like as in I will send you an electronic because you can do that on Amazon where like I can buy a book and then it sends it to you as a gift. So she did that. I it, Amazon would not let me download it, which is insane because if I bought a book in Australia that you couldn't buy in the Netherlands and then I posted it to you, fine. that's fine. But if I bought the same book digitally in Australia, it won't let me digitally post that book to you because it would not let her do that. It wouldn't let DRM. her send it to me digitally. So I sent, I emailed her back and I was like, it won't let me do it. I don't know. I've Googled. It says it's it's impossible, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, look, I'm never reading the copy that I own. At the end of the day, Therese was like, this is weird. But if you sent me your address, I would post you this physical copy of of Daring the Duke. And I was like, I mean, send us the book. And so a she, month later. <laughs> a, month, a month later, a package arrived from Therese with the book and... Then we had to read it. (laughs) And so the book arrives. I grabbed it out. Now, this might be getting a little bit too into my kind of take on it, but I was was a bit nervous. Oh, did I? I have to talk about the cover illustration. Oh, my goodness. It's awful. So the cover illustration is like... It's, if you asked AI to draw a picture of a woman in a dress. Regency yeah. ball gown. So the she doesn't have a shoulder. She's no. got this, like this one non-defined shoulder and then this massive arm. And then Sorry. her head is like this airbrush thing that's moving in this direction that doesn't really match oh. human anatomy's way that they could actually turn with it's, a shoulder like that. It's dreadful. <laughs> it's, it's 
properly, properly. I'm going to take a picture of the actual book as the tile for and, this week. So yeah. And as soon as I took it out of the packaging, out of the bag that, like the post bag that it came in, it immediately, almost like it just didn't want to be in the southern hemisphere. I don't know what was going on. It immediately started Curl. curling up. So the book, just like as though I've kept it in. I don't know, the most, like in a greenhouse or something, it is curled right up on itself. It's so, like the quality is not high, but fair enough. That's that's talking about the exterior of the book. I got it. My husband was so excited. He was like, this is so cool that you guys are going to read a book someone sent you. Turned it over and I've read the blurb. And then I started getting really concerned because... You never read blurbs. No, but I did because this is I'm holding it physically in my hand, right? And so I turned it over, I read the blurb, and I was like, oh, no, it actually sounds okay. What if, like, Teresa's hated this book enough that she has sent it around the world to hear us, like, properly just get into it on the podcast and my take on it is, like, it's not bad. Maybe you're a bit harsh, Teresa. Like... I was worried. I read the blurb and I was like, this actually sounds okay. So can I, feel I say... I like this reinforces you're never going to read a blurb again, Absolutely. Yeah. But can I also say, I get why Therese bought this book. I get why you read it originally. Because when I read the blurb, I would have given it a go. The blurb is considerably better written than the book. I don't think the authors write the blurbs. No. Probably why. No, and think of the books where we've been like... That blurb is not the contents no. of that book, that Amanda Quick novel, where we were like, yeah. that is not Clearly the character. They were given... None of those characters no. are in this story. <laughs> At any rate, so before we go to... Now, you can do the... You're doing the spoiler-free recap. Oh, God. But before we get quite there, I will say that in honour of Therese and how beautiful and wonderful and committed she was to send us this book this episode may be a little bit longer just forgive us and stick with us and we will tell you all about daring the duke by charlie lane go amy spoil the free recap so the duke arthur he's a duke did you know he was a duke oh my goodness he's a duke if one more person tells me he's he's a a Duke. duke if i was playing a drinking game i would have been pissed by half a page the amount of times like if it was drink on the word Duke. Yeah. Oh my God. He's a Duke. His name's Arthur, the Duke of Collingford. And she is called Tabitha. Oh, that's right. Her name's Tabitha. <sighs> so Tabitha is a bit of a wallflower. And she is in a bit of a desperate situation because no mum, there's dad. Dad's a Marquis, but not. He's amiable, but. They're not very wealthy. He's not she very wealthy. To, she has to marry well She's for money. She's basically the head of the family. She's yes. got a whole pack of sisters, and she makes a really bad investment, so they're pretty much It was the broke. family savings. Yeah. Because the other thing that's important about Tabitha, the kind of only thing that's important about her, is She's that- She's got an amazing memory. She has a really great memory. And at the start of the book, it's pegged kind of that she's incredibly intelligent. But as the book goes on, that changes to be that she just has a really good memory. She's got like, if talks about her like memory trunks in yes, the attic. They of go her into mind. a lot of detail about it. But I mean, if you're, if you have like an amazing, essentially like a photogenic level memory, but you're never educated or taught anything or read anything or know anything about anything, then all you have is a good memory. Like she just can. So she made this investment. Her dad let her because she is switched on and clever and can remember things. And he's but it a was bit, bad. he's getting a bit senile. Yeah. He's, he also just indulges her. He's always indulged yeah. her. So she's made, she's like, Oh, I need to marry. But it's her she, first season, she's mid twenties. So 
Mum died. She had to go into mourning. That's why her first season is late. She's not in her first flush of youth. She has some a little pack of friends who clearly are going to be the subjects of the other books in the series. Correct. They're at a ball and the Duke of Collingford appears and they're like, oh, I dare you to go and be introduced to him again. Turns out she's been introduced to the Duke about four other times and every time, as a little joke, she has introduced herself as a different name. Because Something the... more and more ridiculous because yes. he never notices her. And Well, no, because... She's got red hair. Because someone, the second time, the first couple of times she used her real name, and the second, one of those times, one of the, like, the matron, the older lady of the ton who was introducing her, making the introduction, said, my lord, have you met, have you two met, or what? may I introduce? And he was like, I don't believe I've had the pleasure. So he, she was like, well, he doesn't even remember me. So I am Miss Penelope Pickles. Yeah. I am Miss Jeremy Juggs. Yeah, so she just comes up with ridiculous names. Yeah. Which is also kind of, it's a kind of a snubbing him or thumbing her nose at him, but it's also thumbing her nose at the society matrons who also don't know who she is. So she's like, "Uh uh-oh, it's actually going to be a little bit of a, scandal if if he lets on <laughs> that I've been well he he knows. making fun of these society matrons. yeah and he sort of pulls her aside and is like I know. I'm gonna get you back yeah though uh-huh. also I the name she gave the was like Jonathan Juggs so I was like clearly you want to be caught but neither here nor there so then what happened he has to marry oh that's right because he really wants to get possession of rose hall which is like the ancestral home it means a lot to him but there's it's not this... entailed entailed no it's willed to basically his family to determine to give to him so like his grandma it, yes. basically his bride has to be approved by uncle brutus who's sort of like the current holder of rose hall he's the executor and his grandma and his mum all have to approve of his bride, who must be a perfect duchess so as not to embarrass anyone, and then he might be able to get Rose Hall. So he oh. and Tabitha, she's, like, desperate to marry someone, and he's like, well, you got a good memory. Maybe you could, like, remember really good how to be well, a perfect she, that's duchess. that's what she said. She was, like, she was like, you'll never find someone who's able to do all of that yeah. except me because I am my memory is so good that – I will always remember all of the things you're supposed to do to be a perfect duchess. And he and he goes in one paragraph from being like, no, to actually, yes, I'm convinced. You're perfect. Yeah. And his mum is like, she's great. Love it. Uncle Brutus is like. On the fence slash maybe no. Quite vehemently at times. And. That's kind of it. Yeah, then things happen and we'll sort tell of. you sort of more about that as we tell you how we felt about this novel. So, Kimberly, take us on your journey. So, like I said, started out being like, oh, goodness, what if I like it? Because I liked the idea of bored debutantes or, uh, like, ladies in society who are exploiting the fact that they're ignored to kind of poke fun at the aristocracy. I kind of thought that would be fun. I was like, these people sound great. Made no sense. And honestly, the problem with the book moving forward is it made no sense. It needed a serious edit. Like, it's been (laughs) – it's been – a long time since I have read a book that read quite so amateurish. And I know I'm not a writer, so I'm always, I always feel bad being like the writing was just straight up terrible. But in this book, I feel pretty confident to say the writing was straight up terrible. And it was 
so inconsistent. That was my problem. So even telling the spoiler-free recap, I was like, well, that's kind of not true by two pages later, but I guess that's kind of what like, they were going The one that got me right, and this is... This is the bit. So getting through this book was a slog. I'm not going to lie to you, Teresa. It was like I made it my mission because so my husband would come in and be like, dude, just speed read it. You've got a physical copy. Just skim it and whatever. But I was this like, was posted no. to us. We I was couldn't. like, no, Teresa sent us this in the post. I will read every word. And so I did. But I my mission was I had to read it every night. So as much as I could, as much as I could get through, I yep. had to read it every night. Some nights it was a page and a half. I couldn't do more than a page and a half without losing it and how stupid. And just in terms of like, we should all write a book because just about anything clearly gets published. I don't understand how this got published. So the thing that got me, obviously the editor, like Charlie Lane alone is not to blame. Someone edited this book and okayed it for publication. But the first time they sleep together, and I reread this section three times. The first time they sleep together, they're on the way to his home. They pull over on the side of the road, Picnic walk in a valley and, and have sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. He didn't take his boots off, but somehow managed to get totally naked. Don't know how that happened. Then he fell asleep. <laughs> but when he awoke, he was wearing a shirt. <laughs> yeah, the thing's like, time works in strange oh, ways. Oh, my There's God, that's the other one that got me. one chapter where it's like, he's like, I've got to go and talk to Tabitha, and it's sort of nighttime, and then the next chapter he's then, in a film it would be like a match cut, and he'd be walking out of the room, and then he'd be walking into a rose garden in the middle of the day, Tabitha, I really need to talk to you. And I was like, huh? I yeah. missed something. What? Wasn't it night before, but it's daytime now? I'm confused. I'm confused. And... The things other one that things got would me. happen on one page, and then on the next page they'd seem to happen for the first time despite having happened a page before. Yes. And so did the mood changes of the characters. It would be like, it but you were... so abrupt. It two made... sentences ago you were happy, and now you're like, I... I mm. Miserably sad. Yeah. The other one that got me, I was like, again, this was in their first sex scene. He is on top, she's laying down, and the line was, he put his hands on her shoulders and pushed himself up. He would have dislocated something in her shoulders. So he puts her hand, his hands either side of her on her shoulders and then uses that leverage to push himself up. That would hurt. It just made no sense. There I know was... these seem like tiny points, but they're just the ones that annoyed me enough to actually write them down. Well, so I they were down... everywhere. There was a lot of wrist grabbing oh my goodness he grabbed her wrists and pulled her across the room he took her hands she took his hands and pulled them up. she takes she meets his mum for the first time takes her wrists and pulls her aside i was like what but they're the questions i wrote time moves in mysterious ways when did he put his shirt on see this is my question where did the mud come from the mud came, I guess, oh, I guess it, it had just, rained, mud, but it wasn't raining The mud before. just suddenly appears. They're going on this carriage journey. The mud is a big moment in the plot. It has no, a lot to do with Tabitha's, thing, like, mental state when she arrives back at the Ducal the Mansion The thing that drove me nuts time. about the mud, so they walk along the road, and so it's really muddy. But the problem was this. After, so her shoes get all smushy and then she's barefoot, which he has an internal monologue crisis about it that is the most narcissistic thing I've ever heard and makes the fact that she is like, ouch, ooh, ah, over the stones about him, which is like, we're supposed to think it's gallant, but it's not. It's just narcissism. Thanks very much. 
So then she decides that now she's like, oh, ow, oh, ow. Because where is she walking at this point? On the grassy verge beside the road. Why did she walk in the mud to begin with? It makes no she didn't have to. They weren't they weren't forging their way across a stream. There wasn't nowhere else to walk. She could have just walked up on the grass verge next to the road, which is where she ends up walking. It was so annoying. I wrote an absolute like rant about the fact that she like and she was like, Oh, my shoe's in the mud. Oh, I've lost it. What will I do? She wraps his handkerchief around her foot. Like, that's going to help? And then he gives her oh. one of his shoes, just one of his shoes, and then... Uh, and this, the shoe extravaganza goes for an entire chapter. It took me, like, a week to but read But the that, ramifications that of the shoe extravaganza go for, like, six chapters. I just want to say that I methodically read two, two chapters a night. That was my goal. You're a, mu- you're a much better person than I am. So, the other moment I have to mention, and okay. again, this is not spoilers-free, like, as in, do not read this book, slash, if you really want to read this book, we'll send it to you. But... He's like, he's like insecurity. Like maybe I'm not perfect. That was his thing. Maybe I'm just not perfect. So the thing he felt he was not perfect about was that he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't remember off the top of his head. Off the top of his head, every object the dukedom owned and how much it was worth and whether its worth had increased or decreased in recent years. And she was like. He's like, I'm just so imperfect. Do you remember how many things were in the last room? And she's like, yeah, this room had 18 objects in it. Also, her, like, magical power is so stupid and so underutilized. <laughs> it's like a party trick. It's so absurd. Her, and well, then, it was just like what could make her thing was she had this amazing memory. Him, th- His thing was he was a duke. That's right. <laughs> that was it. And then she talked him down. She was like... She was like, oh, what Duke would remember all of the things in his in his dukedom, like all of the physical possessions he owns. Don't you have ledgers for that? He's like, I do have ledgers. They're updated regularly. And she's like, so if you wanted to know, you could just read a ledger, right? And he's like, I guess. She's like, do other Dukes remember this stuff? And he's like, I don't know. I've never asked them. I just feel deeply inadequate about it. And she's like, maybe you should stop because that sounds ridiculous. And then he was like, his internal monologue was like, she's released this sense of this sense of burden that he had about this thing and and now he could move forward and and how what a wonderful gift she'd given him and i was like you are an idiot this is stupid i would say that it could have been much better than it was but i wanted yes. to like one of the things moving inconsistent in strange ways was there's a point where somehow she knows he paints a lot but they've never actually spent time together in a house. I know. How does she know that? Because they also haven't talked about it. Hmm. Was it just in her memory trunk? And Also, did you find this is so ridiculous and maybe it was just me because I picked it up and put it down so frequently. At times it was hard to work out who was speaking. Yes, I did get. I had to. I there were sometimes where I was like, "Hang on a minute, that's him," and then I put my finger on that. Yes, that, I mean, and like, then so I the go, next so one that's must her, be her, and that, that one, must be him, I, and that must be. I read backwards a lot because I was like, "I've actually lost," because they didn't have clear enough voices. No. Unless you knew you knew whose head you were in based on how many times the word perfection was mentioned. Oh my god! And it was Duke this, Duke that. I get the point. He's a Duke. She wants to be the Duchess. Enough with the red hair. 
and the wrist uh, grabbing and perfection, perfection, perfection. Every page had the words perfection and duke on it so much. That was basically this story was about a duke seeking a perfect duchess. And, so, and their, we... their childish insecurities they had. Yes. And and just and but the problem, like the core problem of it, more than anything else. So I've read some pretty annoying, obnoxious characters. We've read mm-hmm. plots that were a little bit iffy, all of that kind of stuff. But when it comes right down to it, what really annoyed me so viciously about this was the complete lack of attention to detail. Like, this didn't feel like bad writing or... It did. It was terrible writing. Like, Can don't I get share me wrong. a quote? They tossed their glasses to the side and tossed their arms around each other. Oh, no. See, this is my point. And another one. I'll give you another one. The right woman knows that it is her duty as a woman to ensure the happiness of the oh, men around right. her. That's right. That's After right. which I went, blurg, and closed the book. The problem I had, so if you ignored all of that, right, and I tried to, I tried so hard to be like, maybe Charlie Lane is learning. Like, you know, then don't publish it. But anyway, whatever. Ignoring the fact that it made no sense, I had no idea what was happening because it was just so badly written. The mere fact that the main character, our hero, is trying to force anyone to be this weird version of perfection that his uncle wants out of him, Mm. but he doesn't like his uncle and he doesn't like the man his uncle wants him to be. It was just like, I'm all for personal growth. But he was just an idiot. So he just went from being an idiot to being less of an idiot. Like, it's really, I just was not on board with his personal growth. He shouldn't have needed to grow out of that unless he was 12. What? So the central problem I found was it wasn't really, like, that spoiler-free recap was a mess because it wasn't really clear other than, you know, Perfect and Duke, what the central intention was. Like, a lot happened, but really nothing happened yep. and the tension, the stakes weren't high enough. Like there's a point in the book oh, where the, the grump, stakes were but, not high enough. It was so, he had but, inherited everything to do with the dukedom, had a million houses, but, but not this one house. Grandma appears oh. and And grandma, totally did a backflip. She was this totally other character and then changed. Yeah, becomes a completely different person. And at that point in the story, there's like no progress at all. You're like, why Why did I read all of this? Grandma then appears. Yes. And we go totally back to chapter four in terms of character and at that point I was like and I nearly threw the book at the wall fair it was really frustrating how the things that he cared about in particular he cared so deeply about things that really didn't matter and also were inconsistent because she would then do the things he had asked her to do and be that person and he would be massively displeased but he needed that to happen but only for two lines and then he'd be like and then he'd be back to being like i'm all lusty and then after he got over the lust he'd be like oh she needs to be perfect again we all need to be perfect it was just it was just a really simplistic book it was really simplistic and didn't need to be an entire book and i genuinely have not, like, it hasn't been very long since I finished it. I cannot tell you how it ended because the plot is so incoherent that I am unable to keep it inside my head. It was confusing and yet tedious. We hit the first sex scene and we reached... Out of nowhere! And I was like, I have never been this bored. We reached levels of tedium I hadn't thought were actually possible in a book apparently about tension of relationship. Yeah. 
because it didn't. I just couldn't get over how much I didn't understand. Like, I'm not a genius level person by any stretch of any level of imagination, but I read a lot of books and I read a lot of different types of books. And I think I'm pretty good at working out characters and plots and keeping with you as an author with what you're trying to do. But I just actually didn't understand so much that was happening in this book. At one point, he's like, I'm ready to change positions. Are you ready to change positions? I am. That goes on and on for like two chapters. They weave it in and out of conversation. Apparently a massive like double entendre. I didn't get it. Like I get they're talking about sexual positions, but I just didn't get like in that context, I just didn't get it. In that it's like ch- when my five-year-old is like, mom, do you know this saying? The early car gets the chicken. And I'm like, dude, that makes no actual meaning. <laughs> I felt like my five-year-old wrote some of this because I was like, they're just words put together in a semi-grammatically accurate way. And then way. what I was doing was going, oh, hang on a minute. Where are they? Are oh, we in a don't even try now? and work that out. I was, it, was, it was really... The logistics made no sense because, ever. Because things happen without actually being explained or visualized i don't feel like the author or her editor visualized any of this novel in their head as they were reading it. yeah and then there were just these inconsistencies inconsistencies within characters where he goes from being like amused and wanting playful revenge in the beginning of chapter two to the next page hot with rage and ready to explode and then oh, yeah, he right, apparently he was, yeah, has right. serious intentions towards her that's right and they're not really clear and then it turned out he'd been attracted to her right from the start but when we grabbing. were in his head at the start in these moments of playful revenge versus yeah. rage and then he was we, never attracted to no, her no but then he goes playful revenge rage serious intention grab your wrist, don't grab my wrist in public, well, then what other parts of you can I grab and in you're like, public? This is and you're like, what? what? <laughs> Where did that come from? And then in Chapter yes. 11, worried about the propriety of a kiss and then, t- you know, two, three chapters later, she's like, stop kissing me, and then 50 words later, no, you must, you mustn't, it would be improper, improper. And then in the previous scene, she's been like feeling him up in front of his family. Yeah. Huh? deeply and I did a lot of head scratching deeply and consistently inconsistent and I just the my big takeaway and the thing I ranted at my husband most frequently as I read a page and a half and had to put it down and be like oh how did this get published how are there more books in this series how is Charlie Lane earning money as a published author how does this how, how well, is this not because a blog the blurb the is good the blurb says it it sounds good do you think of the amount of romance novels we've read where we've been like that sounds like a really good premise and then we read it and we're like oh yeah that was problematic or there was zero tension in this book no no i disagree this is i'm going out on a limb and i have ranted pretty hard about some books on this podcast and pre like predating this podcast okay this is the worst book i have ever read it is not, yeah, like it didn't it's definitely just, up there. <laughs> it didn't just irritate me in terms of like I don't like that depiction of women or I don't like when male heroes get to do blah, blah, blah and we get to call it romance and we're supposed to just swallow it. Like I get those moments where I'm like I don't like that being used as a plot device because it wasn't handled oh, well. Here, I get, oh, oh. yeah, this isn't that. This is like I'm a teacher and if Charlie Lane was my student, I would be like, dude, This needs some serious work. Like, her actual control of narrative and plot and the English language in the context of a novel was a C standard at 
best. <laughs> and I remember ages ago, like, again, years and years and years ago, before I had kids, we were writing a romance novel together. I was definitely it's, the one it's, holding us back, right? Do you right? remember it started as, like, a parody? We'd read something yes. terrible and we and were like, like let's we just do our yes. own. Yep. But because I was holding down the team because I'm slow and I didn't get round to it and I always found something else to do and you would be like, hurry up, you went off one summer holidays by yourself and you were like, you just produced this novel. Yep. And at the end of the summer holidays, you were like, hey, will you read my novel? Well, and no, I, did. I said, fix it. You Your did. turn. No, no, Your absolutely. Turn. You were like, here, read this. I wrote it, but it's finished. And I was like, this is dreadful because we both have different strengths. And we actually together would make potentially an okay book. But Which I'm apart, still waiting on you know, to do your bit. Wait till I raise my kids a bit more and I'll awesome come book. back around. Yeah. yeah. But my point is. We, I remember calling that book Once Upon a Picnic because that was not its real title. I can't remember what you actually called I it. I didn't know what it was actually called either. I think it was just called Romance Novel, yeah. and we should just call it Once, Once Upon, Upon a, a Picnic. picnic. Stay but, tuned. But my takeaway from your book was they just went on a picnic all the time. Like yeah. <laughs> The problem was that you didn't have enough plot devices, so every time you were like, they need another outing. They decided to go on a, a picnic. picnic, and I was like, they go on one more <laughs> effing picnic, I swear to God. But in terms of, like, your character arcs, in terms of, like, the journey they were going on, in terms of, like, the the barriers to them being together, like, your dialogue is always hilarious. But I was like, this is – it was a more solid book than Daring the Duke. So you know what, Amy? What I got out of Daring the Duke is this – you don't need me to fix Once Upon a Picnic. You just need to send it to Charlie Lane's publisher and you can stop working. I don't know how much money you earn as an author, to be completely fair. No, neither do I. But, you but know. I was like, you don't need to fix it. I was overly critical of Once Upon a Picnic and I want to take can this I... opportunity to apologise to you. Thank you. For being overly critical Thank you. of I Once feel, Upon a Picnic. I feel like it's scraping the barrel and I suggest that right now, this weekend, you go and reread Once Upon a Picnic. I don't know if I'd be able to find Duke. it, but I should. I do can that. resend it to you. Thank you. It's in your email. The, yeah, this was. I totally get it. This was the most inconsistent and frustrating book I have read. It was horrendous. It was so like she's, for instance, she's apparently the character memorized every single conduct book, every single etiquette book. Yet she can't remember that it isn't appropriate to slide her hand up his knee. In front of his uncle. No, no, he does. She does remember. She just chooses not to because she takes on this persona of the Duchess when she chooses to, and then other times she chooses not to. Yeah, but to. she's like the Duchess at the beginning of the sentence and yes. then not at the end. And yes. you're like, I'm actually exhausted trying to keep up with trying to work out what your emotional state is and who you are and what's happening. And the weird pseudo double entendre banter that isn't really it's not double, double entendre. entendre. It makes and no sense. It's also not banter. It's just trying to make them seem like there's a bit of tension. Huh? It's awful. That, Honestly, the, the I whole feel like dare plot device was just so stupid. It was so stupid. It didn't work. It was just. It just was so ill conceived and ill thought through. And I feel like Charlie Lane would write a paragraph, wander off, come back six months later and be like, I don't need to reread it. Mm -hmm. I remember where I'm up to and would just keep going. But didn't remember and it's a hot mess. This book is a hot mess. And why does he suddenly out of nowhere care so much about the chimney sweeps? No, he's cared about the chimney sweeps the whole time. It's just not fashionable, so he likes to keep it a secret. I guess she's like I'm the caring about away. the chimney sweeps was away the stupidest my thing ever. My whole happiness so that the chimney sweeps in your speech in Parliament, and at the end they're like, "Oh well, 
Yeah. It becomes this like really weird, silly obstacle between them. And it's like in chapter six. Oh, who's that man? Oh, it's this man. What does he care about? Oh, chimney sweeps. Oh, yeah, I think they're really important. Oh, you're so amazing. The chimney sweeps. The chimney sweeps. Yeah. And I'm not belittling the plight of child labourers in the Victorian and Georgian eras. It was terrible, but this book does not do it justice. There's not a nuanced reputation, like representation of it. It was just it just it was a belittling. it was just a thrown in plot to device make him set of more words. interesting. That's what it was. Yes. yes. So that having been said, I have two things to say. Number okay. one is I do not recommend this book, <laughs> and it is trash. It is literally if, if I had a bin. At the end of the bed, I would have tried to throw it into, into the, the bin. Into the bin at the end of the reading. So would I if I didn't know I had to hand it on to you afterwards. And my husband said, what is wrong with that book? Every night it's been getting more and more curled. It's so, I'm like, going to take a picture of the, the book. Side of my bed. We're going to put a picture of our actual physical copy of this book. That'll be up. the image for this yep. episode. At any rate, thank you very much, Teresa, for sending us this book. It was such a... A horrendous book. I would not have believed something this terrible existed in print. Teresa, what do you want us to do with it? That's now? the next question. Do you want it back? Because I can I can post it back to you. Otherwise, if you don't want it back and you are listening to this episode and you think this sounds hilarious or you think I think the girls are being too harsh. I, I love Charlie Lane Lane or whatever. Send me an email and we can post it to you. We could internationally just like, like this chain book. mail. Do you remember yeah. chain mail? Oh my god, I do remember. We chain ch- mail. And then everyone has to write their name in the front cover of the book and we can send it, it around can the just world. Go around that the actually world. sounds really fun. If you're down for that, Teresa, send us an email and let us know. But thank you so much for sending us this book. It was certainly a trial to get through, but persistence, I, my big takeaways are persistence helps you conquer anything. My big takeaway is in the you end. need to publish Once Upon a Picnic. <laughs> that was my takeaway. That's all that got me through this in the end. And on that note, it look a, up. Hey, Once Upon a Picnic will be an amazing book when you pull your no, end of the stick no, and no, actually no, fix my the dialogue. Is, you don't need fix me. Fix the dialogue. You don't need me. Thank you so much for joining us <laughs> once again. But join us again for another episode of Trash or Treasure. We will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, Maybe recommendations. It really depends what you guys recommended us, I guess. And until then, happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.